Lekutei Sichas, Chelik Yer Aleph, for Parsha Shmois, the first Sicha. The Sicha is a very fascinating Sicha. It discusses the destiny of the Jewish people as a nation and also the destiny of each individual. Um, the second topic it's going to also discuss is the idea of free choice, Bechir Chavshis. So let's start. So the Pasik tells us that Hashem tells Moshe um, that I will, when Moshe Rabbeinu asks what Hashem's name is, he says, I will be to who I will be. So Isa B'Medrash, the Medrash comments on this term, I will be to who I will be, that's for Yechidim. Meaning is, the Yechidim have a choice if they want me to be their God. But with the Merubim, with the, with the majority, with the Klal, even against their will, without their desire for me to be their God, I will be their God. It will be as if I'm breaking their teeth, I will rule over them. It says in Apostle in Yechaskel, that Hashem says that I swear that even uh, even with a strong hand, I will eventually, I will rule over them, which is speaking about the future redemptions, that even if the Jewish people do not want to be redeemed, Hashem says that even without uh, their desire, rather, I will use Ayan Chazaka and I will rule over them, and I will be king over them. So, Pirshim Mephorshim Divrei Medrash, and Mephorshim explain what the Medrash is saying. It says, Da'asher e'ya shemashmoi d'zeh she'e'ya le'elikim e'ni b'derch hechlet b'chol o'yifin, He's the Mephorshim says, it says, I will be to who I will be, implies that they have a choice in the sense that only to those who I will actually be their God will I be their God. So not everybody will Hashem be their God, it's only those who will actually be for them as a God. And so who are those that have, he will be the God to? Though those, those are going to be the ones that chose Hashem as a God with their own choice and with their own chafetz. But if they don't want, they're able to remove Hashem's yoke. So this idea of Eyesha is only said with regards to the Yechid, to individuals. But the Rabbim, I will not allow them to remove their yoke, but rather, even if they think they can remove themselves from me, I will, against their will, emleich aleichem, as the, as the Pasuk in Cheskel says. Before I go weiter, that's also the Mephorshim explain the end of the Pasuk. So the beginning of the Pasuk is Hashem tells Moshe, Eshayayah. And then he says at the end of the Pasuk, and tell them that Eyah, that Eyah sent you, to the, uh, sent you, sent me, sent you uh, to, the, to them. So the Mephorshim say, why does it say Eya a third time? Because the third time is, is for the Rabbim. That the first time Hashem says Eya, that's for the individuals, that individuals have a choice. But regarding Kalal Yisrael as a group, Eya, I will be. Meaning it's not I will be to whoever decides that I will be, but rather Eya, I will be for them even against their will. Therefore, B'nai Yisrael, that were in the, the in Mitzrayim, even though there are many Rishayim and many different types of Rishayim, nonetheless, since this was the Merubim, therefore Hashem redeemed them. So, moving B'zehu, so what's understood from this is Azai. 
So it's understood is that even though the Pasuk that the Medrash brings is actually a Pasuk that was said to Yechaskel, and it was referring to the redemptions that would happen from the days of Yechaskel onwards, including the Geul Asida. So it was said after Yitzhiz Petraim and Pashtus, the simple interpretation is Hashem's telling Yechaskel what, what the future redemptions would look like. That even if the Yidin don't want it, I will still be their king and I will redeem them. But Kolza, remembers by Gama Gula Yitzhiz Petraim. But the Medrash is telling us that this Pasuk in Yechaskel is also a hint regarding the Geula B'Yitzis Vesraim, because also the Geula B'Yitzis Vesraim was in this way that Hashem took them out of Mitzrayim B'Yad Chazaka, Baal Korcham, against their will. Um, as I mentioned before, the way how we know that is because the Pasuk it says, says a third time, which is telling us that I will be their God even against uh, their will, and also, of course, many times it says biad chazaka. Uh, I will uh, uh, regarding Yitzitz Betzrayim itself. Look at R nine. Laharim Pirsh Rashi. Say Parsha Seinu. It says biad chazaka. Yigarshem ma'artzay al korcham yishel Yisrael yigarshem chulu. That against their will, I'm going to uh, remove them from the land. So even uh, the Sukkim say very clearly that the oifin of the gula of Yitzitz Betzrayim was also in that same way of against their will with a yad chazaka. But as we know regarding Yitzitz Betzrayim, that when Hashem used this Yad Chazaka, that was only for the multitudes, Klal Yisrael, but not in regards to the Yechidim. That those Rishayim that did not want to leave Mitzrayim, they died in the three days of darkness. Um, so the, the so there were definitely individuals had a choice if they wanted to leave or not, but the Kalal Yisrael did not have a choice. And we're going to explain more what that means um, as we go into the Sicha. Siv base. He says, looking Hashkafer Rishayna, you might think to say like this. This Pasuk, and Pashup Shad, it was referring to the Geula Sida. But the Medrash learns that the Oifen, the Geula of the future redemption, is also a hint to how it was by Yitzhak Pesraim. As we know, Bapayal, that um, it was also Biyad Chazaka. So we might think also the other way around. Just like we're learning from the future redemption, how it was by Yitzhak Pesraim from this Pasuk, we could also look at Yitzhak Pesraim and say how it's going to be by the future redemption. So we might think to say that just like the Gu'ulus Mitzrayim, when it says Hashem is going to redeem us with the Yad Chazaka, it only referred to the Merubim, maybe the same thing is also by the Gula Sida, when it says Hashem is going to redeem us Yad Chazaka, it's only for the multitudes. We might think that the Pasuk that says in Parshat Sinsavim that Hashem will return your captives and Hashem will return with you that, and that in the future, at the end of days, the Yidin will do tshuva and right away they will be redeemed this idea of Hashem um, bringing us back to Eretz Yisrael is only said to the Merubim, to the multitude, but not and to the Klal Yisrael, 
But the individuals might even have a choice in the future if they want to do tshuva and if they want to return with Hashem. But in truth, we cannot say this at all. He says, the Pasuk says that Hashem will return with your, um, your captives. That the Kavana of this is to every single Yid. As Rashi says, Hashem will hold uh, in His hands each individual and He'll pick you up one by one, every single Yid. Meaning is that it's a Hemshech what's going on over here. It says that Hashem's going to bring you back to Eretz Yisrael. And why is Hashem going to bring us back to Eretz Yisrael? So the prior Pasuk says, because you're going to do tshuva. And as the Chazal explained, when it says that we're going to do tshuva, it means that the Soif Yisrael lost his tshuva, that the Yidin are going to do tshuva at the Soif Galus. Meaning is every single individual is going to do Galus. Meaning is just like the redemption, Rashi says clearly in the Pashup Shad of the Pasuk, means every single Yid will be redeemed. That means also that the cause of the redemption, which is doing tshuva, also refers uh, to every single person, that every single person will, will do tshuva, and therefore every single person will be deserving that Hashem will take him out of Gauls and, uh, and go to, to Eretz Yisrael. So therefore we're saying that the Gula Sida will not be like Yitzis Mitzrayim, where the individual had a choice, rather the individuals will decide to do tshuva and every single Yid will return. Also, the Alter Rebbe writes in the Shulchan Aruch that he says every single Yid will, will for sure do tshuva. So he says clearly will for sure do tshuva because that nobody will be uh, pushed away um, forever. So According to this, it includes even the Rishayim that do not want to leave Galas. Even those individuals, Hashem will awake within them a desire to do tshuva, and they will be redeemed from Galas. We will be on that day, a great shefer will be blown, and the one, those who are lost in Eretz Asher, and those who are pushed away in the land of Mitzrayim, they will come to bow down Bahar Kodesh B'Yushalayim. So the question, of course, is what are, is the words, those who are lost and those who are nedachim? So Chassidus explains that Oyvdim means those who are lost in the land of Ashur. Ashur means uh, happy. Um, like I'm happy or I'm, I'm rich with children. The idea is that they're involved in, they're, they're, they're lost in the Taivas Oyvdim Hazah. While Nidachim, Eretz Mitzrayim, means those who are limited, in, like Mitzrayim comes to the Lashon of limitation, is that they, are, they have so much work and so much slavery to the day-to-day lives, they do not have the capability to uh, meditate on the greatness of Hashem. And the Chiddush of the Pasuk is that even both of these types of individuals, even they will be awakened by the sound of the great Shoifer and they'll come to Yushalayim to bow down to Hashem. Shigam elu bugalusam that even those ones that are completely uh, stuck in Galus until they've become and they have no desire to leave Galus, 
even they will be awakened to do tshuva, and they'll come down to, and they will come and bow down to Hashem. So the Kedumah came upon him, and the Rebbe brings another proof for this idea that lost the love of every single yid will be redeemed. Is bepirish lachin chazal, but tshuva lashayin this habena rasha bagadosh pesach ilu hayisham lahayin nigal. Um, to explain the, what the Chazal say. The Chazal say by the Agadah that when they answer the tshuva of the Ben Rasha, the answer to the question of the Ben Rasha is that if you were there, you would not have been redeemed. He says, what's the need and what's the purpose of telling a Rasha something that has no shaykhis to the azaychitz nisbisrayim? Meaning is the whole purpose of the saying, what, we, what every paragraph, every word that we say in the Haggadah is connected and helps us remember the union of the Shibut of Mitzrayim and the eventual Kheris that we had from Mitzrayim. Why, how is it relevant to put in the middle of the Seder this answer to Ben Rasha telling him that he wouldn't have been redeemed? How is that helping us remember uh, Yitzis Mitzrayim? And how, how, is that helping this, how is that helping the Ben Rasha? What's the purpose of it? So, Abir Bezan. She'ena kavana bezan litchis as Ben Rasha ma'aseder. He says the purpose is not to push the, the Ben Rasha away from the Seder and letting him know that the Gula was really for others and not really relevant to him. But, he says, the Gula Sida, the future redemption, since it's going to be after Matan Torah, even he will be redeemed. And the purpose of this is, this is the Ta'alas, he's going to be awakened with the great act, the great event that happened by Matan Torah. That once Hashem said, I am Hashem, your God, which is a Lashon Yachid, singular tense, meaning is that I, meaning Hashem, Havaya, which is it becomes the power of every single yid. Alakacha also comes the idea of your strength and your power. So the idea of yudke vavke Hashem, this power of which is bleigul higher than nature, has become your energy, your life force of every yid. Therefore, every yid, even a rush like him, is promised that eventually, uh, through his own kayach, he will be redeemed. So the purpose of telling this over to the Rasha is really to inspire him to get involved in the Seder night. Because he's thinking, the Rasha's thinking, this isn't, this isn't relevant to me. I'm not, uh, I don't care about Yiddishkeit. I don't care about the uh, Yitzit Mitzrayim. It's not, none of this is relevant. So we're telling him, it, of course it is relevant. Because since because of Matan Torah, you're also connected uh, to Hashem, um, no matter what you do. And eventually you'll do tshuva. Eventually um, you will become connected to Hashem and you will have a redemption. Therefore, the Seder night is relevant to you because you also left Bepayal, you left Egypt, and you will also leave Egypt, the current Egypt that we're in, and Bizoicha to the Gula Asida. Gimel. Amnam Tsarch Lahavin. Hatam Shakadish Baruch Gol Yisrael Mitzrayim, Kumay Shakasub Hashasenu. Benei Bechay Yisrael, Aimer Lacha Shlachas Bini Gaimer. He says, the reason why we redeemed, Hashem redeemed us, is as it says in the Pasik, that you are my firstborn son, Yisrael, send my son, uh, send my son, Shach Hasbini, send my son. Meaning is this, it comes, come, this comes from the connection of our father, Hashem, to the Bnei Yisrael, that we are the children to Hashem. He says it's understood that every single yid that was Mitzrayim, even the lowliest, was also a ben, 
uh, firstborn son to Hashem. He says the essential connection between a father and a son is something which is natural, and it's something which is connected to the essence. A father and a son is one. Therefore, there's no, can never be, there can never be a change. He says, Hashem says, the Chazal tells us that the, Either way, whether you're doing the right thing or you're, not, you're doing the wrong thing, you're always going to be called children. And therefore, to switch you with another nation is impossible. So therefore, since we are called the children of Hashem, and we were called the children of Hashem, not only after Mount Tyre, we were the children of Hashem even before Mount Tyre. While we were still in Mitzrayim, we were called B'ni B'chayi Yisrael. So this love that Hashem has for a father and a son is a natural love. It's an essential love, regardless of what the son does. Therefore, had no... It's not connected to a Matan Torah. This is the love that, a father, that Hashem had because we're His children, regardless if we accepted the Torah or not. So therefore, if why didn't every single Yid be redeemed from Mitzrayim? Even by Mitzrayim, every individual was a son to Hashem. Therefore, His love for us would have been unconditional, just like a father to a son. So why wasn't every single individual Yid redeemed even by Yitzis Mitzrayim? And Beis, Begolus Mitzrayim Hayek, he says, second of all, he says, in the Golas uh, Mitzrayim, there are many different types of Roshayim. And the worst type were those who even did Avaydazara. And it says when they left Mitzrayim, even the Avaydazara of Micha went with them. So Micha with his Avaydazara left Mitzrayim. Nonetheless, all these individuals will Zaychad to Golas Mitzrayim. So why weren't those individuals that didn't want to leave not be Zaych? Meaning as you have a guy who's a firm yid, he does everything right, he just wants to stay in Mitzrayim. And that, nope, this individual uh, dies because he didn't want to leave. And then you have another person that's an Ovid of Eidazar, but he wanted to leave. So therefore, no, he's able to leave and he stays alive and he's able to have all the miracles in the desert. What's, what's the Cheshvin exactly? Dalit. So So we first need to understand how the Kapar of Yom Kippur works. And um, then we can understand how that connects to Yitzis Mitzrayim and why only how certain individuals were redeemed and others were not. There's a famous Gemara between Rebbe, a famous Machlekes between Rebbe and the Rabbanon regarding the um, forgiveness that's brought by Yom Kippur, that the essential day of Yom Kippur itself brings redemption. So Rebbe says, that Yom Kippur is mechaper in all avayers of the Torah. And he says, this is whether you did tshuva or you did not do tshuva, Yom Kippur will forgive you. Amnam, moidu rabbi because the yomar. Kshoivar la iser al inui umalachad Yom Kippurim atzmai she'enye Yom Kippur mechaper. But Rebbe admits that the chorus of that day, meaning is if you do an avera on Yom Kippur, which brings you chorus, for example, let's say eating on Yom Kippur, doing malach on Yom Kippur itself. So that's the chorus of that day itself. Meaning is if you do an aver on that day, you're going to be mechui of chorus. So he admits that if you do an aver on that day itself, Yom Kippur will not be mechaper on those averes. So we can ask the same, similar type question. All the verse of the Torah, Yom Kippur is Mechaper. Even the strictest and the most harshest of verse. So Yom Kippur is Mechaper on every, all of them according to the Rebbe. So why wouldn't it be Mechaper on Kars the Yoyma? If you can be Mechaper on Avedazar, something which is Chiyav Misa, why wouldn't it be Mechaper on something which is a Kars the Yoyma? 
So the Ragachover says that since the chet of Yom Kippur is in the Indian of Yom Kippur itself, that means Yom Kippur in a sense caused the chet. Meaning it's only because today is Yom Kippur, therefore I'm able to do this Avera. Therefore, since it's a part of the cause of the chet, it cannot be machaper. Just like we have a famous rule, the kateger, the, um, the, the, the prosecutor cannot be the one who's also the defendant. Um, just to give you a little more background, we know that on Yom Kippur, the Kayin Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKadashim, and um, the Chazal tell us that he had to wear white clothing, not the usual golden clothing that he wore throughout the year. And the reasoning is because the part of the, what Yom Kippur is mimachaper, going to Kodesh Agdashim is mimachaper, is mimachaper and the Chet Egel. The Chet Egel, which was the golden calf. So therefore, if the, the, the Kayin Gadol would go into the Kodesh Agdashim while he's wearing gold, in a sense that reminds Hashem of the Avera that they did. So instead of Yom Kippur being Kapara, the Kayin Gadol comes with something that in a sense is reminding Hashem of what they use the gold for. So therefore, he only wears white. So in a similar vein, Yom Kippur can't be mechaper for something that it itself caused. Meaning is you're going to be asking for forgiveness for the curse of the Yom for the Averis of Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur itself. So while you're asking for the curse, because you're asking Hashem, today's Yom Kippur, please forgive me for something that I did today. Hashem connects the two and says, wait a second, that itself is what caused you to do the Avera. And that reminds Hashem um, of the Avera that was done. So instead of bringing forgiveness, you know, on the contrary, actually awakens the memory of it. And in a sense, also sometimes it's brought, it's almost, almost like a chutzpah. You're, 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 you're utilizing something that you used to insult Hashem, and then you use that item and say, oh Hashem, you know, um, please forgive me. And, and you use that same item, meaning as you're not even sensitive to what you did wrong. So that's how it's explained in the Lashon of Nigla. So, Hasidus explains that Yom Kippur to reveal the essential connection of the Neshama with Elokos. And Lagabi, this level, there is no place for avarice and sins. Meaning is that it's such a deep level and such a deep connection between Hashem and the Jewish people is that avarice really don't... Um, don't don't make a mark. Meaning is when a person does an avera, it makes a certain blemish and a certain it ruins the relationship between you and Hashem. But there is an aspect, a depth in, in our relationship with Hashem, which is higher than what we do or don't do. Similar in a way to a child and a father, that you know there, there's the day to day type of relationship a father has with the child. But then there's the deepest sort of relationship where at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the child does, the father still loves him. Therefore, let's say in situations of life and death, even if the father and the son might have been estranged and had a, a hard relationship, at those moments which are life and death situations, it's irrelevant at that moment what the relation was before. The essential love becomes revealed and the actions uh, don't matter. So we're saying that Kapar that's brought in Yom Kippur comes from that type of depth and relationship. Amnam, 
Since the curse of the Yoma, what is the curse of the Yoma? What does it do? It's, it's going against this connection. Basically, what you're saying is, to Hashem and Yom Kippur, I don't want to have, I don't want to reveal our essential connection that we have. When a person does an Avera on Yom Kippur, he eats, he's basically saying that, Hashem, I know this is the one time a year that we're having this union and this bond and we're forgetting about everything else and we're just focusing on our essential relationship. When a person eats or, or does a Malach on Yom Kippur, he's saying, I'm not interested in it. So if the person's saying, I'm not interested in that relationship, so then regarding this, what he's saying, I'm not interested, it can't itself bring kapara. The person says, I'm not interested, then I can't say that, that the kapara, which is because of the central connection, will bring forgiveness for not being interested because in a sense he kind of blocked that, um, that bond. Therefore, would not forgive for that uh, 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 sin itself. Similarly, in our situation, he says, He says, The awakening and the revelation from above to, to take the Yidin out of Mitzrayim was because of the revelation of our connection to Hashem, that He is our Father and we're His children. Therefore, since this essential connection was revealed, therefore all the Yidin were redeemed, even the Rishayim, even those who did Avayda Zara. Because either way, they're always my children. He says, but, he says, those individuals that didn't want to leave Mitzrayim and they wanted to be a slave to slaves instead of being Hashem's servant, and, and for sure that he did, they didn't want to be Hashem's child, so therefore since they were going against that that revelation of this connection itself. They're saying, I don't want to leave Mitzrayim and serve Hashem in the desert and, and go up to the mountain to become Hashem, Hashem's servant. I want to stay here and become completely assimilated. Therefore, that Gilui was not able to affect him because they decided that uh, they're not interested in it. And that's the idea of Enkateganasa Senegar and the Lashon of Nigla. If they decide they don't want it, then it can't, in a sense... Uh, fight it. And, and we're going to discuss more details the reason in the next if the reason why this is so is because ultimately Ayid always has free choice. So if his free choice is deciding, I don't want to have this connection, he's able to uh, block it. Abla, dying ain't moving. Um, I, I kind of ruined, I guess, the next question by giving you the answer, but uh, hopefully it will help. He says, the Shai that's not understood, he says, just like the Ratzin to leave the Gullus. Um, that was against Hashem's connection to the Jewish people that were his son. What I mean is, by Mitzitz Betrayim, the reason why the individuals who didn't want to leave did not leave, it's because they didn't want to uh, go out. Therefore, the revelation of this connection wasn't able to force them and was not able to actually bring that redemption. So, the same thing will be regarding the connection which was uh, happened by Matan Torah. That Hashem, became our energy. 
that that we said was going to cause every single year to be redeemed. He says, You can ask the same question. Even after Matan if the Yid says, Gula Sida comes about and he says, I don't want to leave Golas. I want to still remain here. I don't want to have Hashem being my Koyach and my energy and I want to be uh, his son. Then Lechaira, why don't they have that choice? And they could also block, in a sense, uh, the redemption for themselves. So Bir Inyan, the explanation is, there were two aspects which was uh, which happened by Matan Tair. The Chiddush of Matan Tair was in two ways. Aleph. At the time of Matan Tair, Hashem chose the Jewish people. As we know from the halacha, that when you're saying the birchas kriyishma and you say the words bana b'charta, you're supposed to remember matan Torah, that Hashem chose us as matan Torah. That's one thing that what happened that Hashem chose us. That's mitzad Hashem. And v'neis v'neis shal nasim shibadim avi evadim l'Hashem. A matan Torah, we became Hashem's servants. Kamaim rezal, kamaim rezal. Isn't like the ear that heard on Har Sinai. That I am, uh, that B'nai Yisrael are my servants. Uh, as also says in our Pasuk, that when you will take the people out of Mitzrayim, they will serve Hashem on this mountain. So these two aspects that Hashem chose us, and that we became Hashem's servants, they're actually very much connected to each other, as we will see. And by understanding that connection, we'll also have an explanation of why by the Ula Hasida, even those individuals that don't want to leave will also be redeemed. Vav. He says, the Chiddush of... Um, the Bechira that Hashem had, that Hashem chose the Bnei Yisrael, and this mile of Bechira even over the connection between a father and a child, or between, meaning is Hashem always had a love for us, even in Mitzrayim, that Hashem was our father and we were his children. But there was an added novelty which was added by Matan Torah that we're not only his children, but he also chose us. So what's that mile? So we can understand that by also understanding the concept of Bechira of a person down below. He says, When a person chooses something, that choosing is much, has a much stronger power than a rotsen, a natural rotsen that a person might have for something. Just to give a little demo, to make this a little bit easier, a person has his natural tendencies. And they, they, these natural tendencies a person has could have many different levels of it. There could be natural, ten, there could be tendencies that he's picked up over his life. There could be certain uh, parts of his nature that he's born with or developed over time. And there could even think, be things which are part of his essential nature. A person wants to, a person has self-love. A person loves his children. A person wants to live. All these different types of um, tendencies that he has, the ruts and that comes from them is going to only be as strong as the actual nature is, right? So something which is, uh, a person has, a, like say, a very strong desire to live, then his rutsen will be very strong to live. If he has a weak desire to live, then the rutsen to live will also be weak. And just to give an example, by the Holocaust, um, only those individuals that had 
for a lot of siyata deshmaya, but also a very strong desire to live where they act, were they actually able to survive. They had to have an extremely, extremely strong desire to live. Uh, then they were able to survive. And unfortunately, those who did not have a strong desire, they died. There's actually are certain individuals that were healthy and they were treated well, uh, relatively speaking, by the Germans uh, in the concentration camps. Um, since they did not, the ones who were who who would take the, uh, the the put put the who took, took care of the crematoriums, these individuals, even though they were fed well, they actually didn't survive because they had zero desire to live. So therefore, they would actually die because of a lack of a desire. But but the point what I'm trying to bring you is that whatever it could even be a natural essential type of desire to save yourself uh, life, your desire to keep your children safe, however strong that desire is, that's how strong your rutsin will be. So however strong the tendency is, the nature is, that's how strong the rutsin is. But ultimately, however deep you'll go, it always has a certain limitation because we're human beings. There's only one exception to that. And that exception is the idea of bechira, free choice. Free choice is something which we don't have in this world. The only thing that we have Bechira is, is really for Torah mitzvahs, and that's a gift given by Hashem, because we naturally in this world we don't have it. Meaning is, Bechira doesn't mean that since I have a tendency or I have a desire for something, therefore I'm going to choose it. If you choose it because you have a desire for it or it logically makes sense, then it's not a choice or, or, or the, uh, like a free choice. It's rather a choice that comes because of a reason. So the choice is only as strong as the cause. So, so if you're, whatever the cause is, that co- whatever the cause is, that's how strong the choice will be and your ultimate uh, preservation, per, uh, per, uh, the preservation, uh, the persevering to actually fulfill whatever that desire was. But the deepest level of Bechira is when it doesn't matter it's, it's such a level within the neshama that it doesn't really matter what the different options are. Meaning is you're not pulled one way or the other because really neither of them have any importance, essentially. Meaning, I'll give an example by Hashem. We know by Hashem, Hashem is higher, like by Hashem, what's more important to him? What would Hashem choose? Would Hashem choose Chachmad Atzilis or would he choose Oylem Hasiyah? Which one is more important to Hashem? So Hashem's completely above any types of, um, uh, he's higher than Hishtalshalus, meaning is Hishtalshalus doesn't make a difference to him. He's completely higher than these Gedarm. This that we made Hishtalshalus, this that there's Chachma, this that there's Oil Masiya, these are things that Hashem created. He decided that this should be important and this shouldn't be important. Hashem is the one that created the importance. So obviously, they aren't essentially important to Hashem. The only importance that anything has in this world is only because Hashem gave an importance. And the second he decides to take that importance away, then it won't have any more importance. So it's clear that since Hashem is higher than this whole concept of importance, then it doesn't make a difference as A or B. That's why it says, uh, if a person does it a mitzvah or he does not a ver, what does that affect Hashem? So meaning is, affects Hashem, it matters to Hashem how Hashem has put himself into this world and Hashem decided that I want you to do this and not do that. When you talk about the essence of Hashem, the essence of Hashem, he's the one that decided that this should be important and this shouldn't be important. So if he's the one that's deciding when you're reaching the essence, which is even above that decision that was made, then really nothing um, below it has any importance. So we're saying the same thing regarding Ayid. Ayid also has this uh, essential 
bond to Hashem. Hashem has given a yid an etzem haneshama, and a yid has the power of bichir chavshis. This means that you're able to reach deep within yourself, where everything in this world um, is actually equal. The vera and the mitzvah is equal. So. E- regardless of your tendencies or if you're going to get reward or punishment, if you reach deep within yourself, you have that God-given gift that you're able to be completely above all these things. And that's what gives you the capability to make a free, bechir chafshis, real free choice. So it's, it's taka, a real choice because it's above and, and, and nothing is really important uh, rel, uh, relative to it. So let's read it inside. He says, He says, the, this nature of the person, it's, I, the toichen of it is, a, a, the nature of a person is that it's gedarm, it's certain boundaries of his metzias. There's certain ways how a person works. He says, the person's nature, then you have also the different measurements of his koiches. Um, you know, how angry does he get? How happy does he get? How much perseverance does he have? What are his, uh, his kashroinus? What are his talents? How much are his talents? What are the talents in? All these different things are all connected to the mitzvahs of the person. A person was created in a certain way, and he was also given certain opportunities in the life that were able to create this, um, this individual and all the different aspects, aspects of him. Therefore, when a person wants something, his his personality, then the strength of this rotsin is only a, is only as strong as the strength of that particular part of his nature. He says, but the true idea of bechira is the essence of the person, how it's even higher than um, your personality. Meaning is that, this is a very hard concept, as I explained earlier, but usually how we make our day-to-day decisions is really just based on instinct, it's based on our gut, it's based on past experience. You don't even, you know, a person doesn't even realize, he thinks he's making a decision, but most things that we're doing, is almost, it's almost like it's, in a sense, predecided for us, predetermined before us because of who we are, of course we're going to choose this way. But essentially, a person has within him the capability to choose something which is completely different than who he is. And if you look at it scientifically, and you look at all the um, aspects of a person's nature, let's say you come up with a hundred different choices of what a person would do. According to all the different parts that we know of this person, he would do, you know, there's 25% chance he'll take option A, 15% 15% chance he'll take option B, C, option C is a 99% chance, and you have 100 options. Mitzad the Bechir of a person, he can choose option 101. He can choose an option which, is, which isn't even on the table in a sense, which doesn't fit according to his personality, his upbringing, the situation is in. He's able to do something totally different because ultimately a person is higher than his, um, his personality. He says, the true idea of Bechir is when there's no reasons or causes for the Bechir. Meaning he doesn't have any uh, tendencies that in a sense obligate him to choose something. If you have a tendency and you're obligated to choose something and that's why you chose it, then it's not a real choice. You, it's, it's a choice that comes because of the tendency. So the tendency 
is the cause. The choice is something which, in a sense, is a second step. It's, it's just a, a cause, an effect of what that tendency was. So it's not going to be true choice because the choice itself is really just based on something else. True choice is when it's not based on anything, it's rather coming from it, it itself, in a, it's, in a sense, is the source. That power of choosing is the source, meaning is it comes from the level within the person, how he's completely above the world and he's completely above his personality. Uh, but rather he chooses with his free choice. But when he chooses something because of his nature, because of his personality, then he's in that choice because of his nature. So when you choose something because that's who you are, that's not free choice. It's really just your nature doing what it usually does. But what we're saying Bihira is the capability of, of changing who you are, of doing something which totally doesn't fit with your personality. That's the power of the person, is that he's not even limited um, to his personality. So that's, in a sense, similar to Hashem, that Hashem is above everything with it, which is in this world. Everything in this world to Hashem, whether it's in our Gedarm, something is very important or, and, and something is very lowly and unimportant, to Hashem, it's, since he's above all of that, it's really the same thing. So a Yid, in his Bechir Chavshis, even the person, his tendencies, it says, oh, my, my tendency says that this is important and another tendency says that this is unimportant, those are just tendencies of, your, of yours. But if you go to the essential uh, connection that you have with Hashem, you could see like both of them are unimportant or both of them are, are important. The truth is important and unimportant are really just created terms. So all of this is just created and when you reach that level, then you could really make a true choice uh, be, of, um, of uh, what you truly desire. And how that works, I don't know. What does a person truly desire? What does he truly pick when he doesn't have any of these tendencies that are putting him one way or another? That, in a sense, is, is maybe similar to the question of why did Hashem, you know, what's the reason that Hashem chose to create this world? So usually all the reasons that we give is that Hashem, the nature of the, he who is good is to do good. Hashem, that's one answer. You know, Hashem wanted to reveal his goodness to the people. He wanted to reveal the, his power to the people. Those are all logical reasons. But ultimately, when you go above the logical reasons, Chassidus says it was Hashem's desires. Hashem had a taiva to make a dir b'tachtoinim. Meaning is, and a taiva's kinkashim. You can't ask a question, why did Hashem want a dir b'tachtoinim? That was Hashem's desire. Meaning is, it's something which is above reasoning. It's just that's who Hashem is. That's the essence of Hashem for whatever, there, I shouldn't say there is no reason. It's because that is the desire of Hashem. So ultimately, the choice that the person makes has to go with his deepest uh, essence of who he is and what his deepest desire is, and that really is something which is above uh, logic. So, as we see also by the ability for a person to choose, a person could choose something which is the opposite of his nature. Therefore, the rotten that comes because of his choice is, is, is with, with a very great strength because it comes from his essence. So if the rotten comes because of part of your personality, it's only going to be as strong as your, that part of your personality is. And since ultimately we're creations, everything of us is really limited. So even the rotten will be limited. But when the rotten comes because of our Bechira, that aspect of Bechira which we have comes from the essence of Hashem which is unlimited. It's higher than any limit, any gedorm which is in this world, and therefore it comes with an infinite level of power. The same thing, 
is by Hashem Lamaila. He says, He says, the, the Ratzin and the love that Hashem has for B'nai Yisrael, because they're children of Hashem. He is our father. This is similar to the Ratzin and the love that a father has for a son. Meaning is it's an eskashris that comes because of a tzir, a certain personality. It's a particular level within Hashem. Uh, meaning is even though our like self-love or, or love for children is something which is an essential part of our personalities, um, but this that it's part of our personality is really in itself a certain limitation. So when we say that Hashem has a love for us, like a father has a love to his child, that's part of Hashem's personality. How it is, obviously, Hashem's not mukhrik and anything, but that aspect that we are a child and Hashem always has that essential love, regardless of what we do, that itself comes from a, 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 a ultimately a limited madrega Meaning is the choosing comes from the essence of the, he who chooses, which is higher than any type of tzir, any type of personality trait. Meaning is the rotsen and, and the skashus, uh comes from the essence of Hashem, which is, uh, which is above and negates all type of descriptions. So it's coming from the essence of Hashem, how He's completely higher than anything that we know in our world, in our universe. It's coming from the essence of Hashem, which is higher than creation, higher than even the rules of logic, because even the rules of logic are, are also created. And therefore, since it's coming from the essence of Hashem, that was the greatest, in a sense, um, that's the greatest aspect of our relationship to Hashem, that not only are we children to Hashem, but Hashem also chose us, because uh, that is what Hashem essentially desires. So the Ilizah Paul Gambes Skashris Bene Yisrael Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shlachri Matan Taira Shtiyo Loyrak Matzada Teva Atzir Shalahem Ki Matzada Tzmusam Zeh Shem Matzchadash Me Matan Taira Liyesh Negam Bchinus Avadim. So he says this is also was affected that the connection of the Yidin and Hashem after Matan Taira that our connection that comes our connection to Hashem is not only because of our nature and our tendencies and we have a nefesh alakis, therefore since we have this nefesh alakis, we, we have a natural love for God and therefore we always want to connect to Hashem as explained in much detail in Tanya, this avam l'sateris. It's not only because of that, but it also becomes, it, it, there is also because of our essence. This was what was Neschadish Mahmatan Torah when we became Hashem's Avadim, as we're going to explain in a moment. So as we said initially that there's two aspects what happened. There's Bechir that Hashem had in us, so that we've explained what that means. And then there's this that we became Hashem's Avadim. That's the second aspect of it. And that goes, it's Zelu one fits with the other. They, they fit very well together, as we're going to show. He says, So Samach Vav explains the difference between a Vav of a son and a Vav of an Evid. He says, just like a, a son, it, it, the oifin of his avoida comes naturally from his nefesh. That the nature of the child is to uh, be drawn after his father with a great love and with a very sincere avoida. Similarly with our, the neshamas, that they're called banim. This is a nature within a neshama to be drawn after Hashem with a burning fire uh, and to serve Hashem. 
אבל אין זה אבידה מקייך עצמם ובקירוסם, לכן אין ניקוס בשם אבידה כלל. He says, but this is not אבידה שקמס בצד their own, uh, with their own קייך and their own choice. Therefore, it's not even called בשם אבידה at all. Meaning is that אבידה means um, it has to come because of your own choice. When you're naturally inclined to do a certain thing, that's not called a, an Aveda. It has to be something which you're not naturally inclined. Just like a, if you want to say an Oil Mahaza, a, a slave natural, a slave or an Aveda, a work, is something that you don't want to do. Why are you doing this work? Because you have to do it. I mean, it's not something that you're naturally in tune with or something that you want to do. Rather, an Aveda, Aveda is something that you don't have a choice. You're doing it against your will. So we're going to take this idea and, you know, it's going to change a bit because that's how it is in Oilam Haza. When you have an Avaidah, it's something that you don't want. Um, at least we wouldn't want inside your personality, but Papal, you're doing it. But now let's see how it is in Avaidah Sa'evid, especially how it is by Avaidah Sa'evid as regards to Hashem. Masha'inkin Avaidah Sa'evid, einza mitzad ha-tavishalai, v'ad rabba ha-vaidah ha-pech tavishalai. He says, by Avaidah of a slave, This is not part of his nature, that he wants to do this work. On the contrary, the Avaidah is the opposite of his nature. He does, this isn't something that he doesn't want to do. The Avid wants to live his own life. He's like a regular human being. He doesn't want to be a servant. He wants to live his own life. He wants to live his own dreams. He doesn't want to live the dream of the master. That's how it is naturally. That's how people are. Ella. What is Avaidah Sa'avid? What is an Avid Pashat? אלא שהוא מצד עצמי, כוח עצמי, היסקשר ונוסן אס עצמי, אילוב לעבדו יספרך. But what happens is that he, מצד himself, with his own כוח, he connects himself and gives himself over to serve Hashem. עד שהוא מסבטל בכל עצם מציוסי, ואינו מהוס מציאץ לעצמי כלל, until he nullifies the essence of his being, and he's not a מציאץ, he's not an essence for himself. אלא שכל מציאוסי מציאץ אדם לבד. His whole being is the מציאץ of the master, meaning is his whole... Being who he is is now what the master wants. This is a very difficult concept, and I uh, can't say I honestly understand it completely, but I'll do my best. As we said before, a person naturally has his own desires, has his own dreams. And you can never take that away from a person. Even if a person who is a slave, uh, it's not in a regular situation, it's not shot that he doesn't now want anything. Even if he doesn't try to run away, or he doesn't try to flee, in a sense he res- resolved himself to his fate, But in most situations, he doesn't actually want to stay there. He just he realizes he has no choice. He's going to be beaten. He's going to whatever it is. He's, given, he's like apathetic. But that's not an Evid Pashat. An Evid Pashat is, is, is a slave that within himself, he's made a decision that he actually wants to be the slave. He, he, he feels a certain fulfillment in being a slave to his master. The fulfillment that he fe- feels is not his own fulfillment, like, oh, I get to do this important task of being his slave, but rather he feels excitement or he feels a fulfillment that he's able to make his master's goals be completed, um, which, which is a hard concept to understand. But, I mean, just to put, maybe give a few examples with the American South, you know, once slavery was, uh, was, was abolished, You know, most, obviously most uh, of the slaves left and did their own thing. But there were certain ones that decided to remain with their previous masters. Like um, they had such a connection with their previous masters that they feel fulfilled. It was like part of their life. Like this is who they are, is taking care of their master. That they, there were a very small percentage of individuals that actually stayed because that's who they, they were. You know, they felt important. Like, uh, you know, especially the, the nannies, they felt 
a certain uh, fulfillment in taking care of these kids and bringing these children up, even though it wasn't their own kids. But they connected with the children, they connected with the families, and therefore their goal, their life, was in a sense to fulfill those other people's dreams. So the same idea is over here by Hashem and the B'nai Yisrael. Naturally, a person wants to do his own thing, even a Yid. We just want to do our own things. We don't want to be slaves. We don't want to give up our own desires. Usually whatever we do is for our own personal reasons. It could be because you know, we want to come closer to Hashem, but it's because we love Hashem and we want Sakhar, whatever it is. But the avoidance of it is that at a certain point, the person is misbattle himself and his whole fulfillment is just what is making Hashem feel fulfilled. It's, it's nothing about yourself. In a sense, it's a, it's a certain bittle that, um, that, that Hashem is your God. Um, and, 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 I think, and I think this was, you know, when the Baal Shem Tev appreciated the Pashta Yid, this was really part of the Milo of the Pashta Yid is that he was like an avid Pashat. Meaning is he was a Yid because that's, that's, that's who he is. You know, Hashem, he's a Yid because Hashem, you know, why does he do a mitzvah? Because Hashem told him to do a mitzvah. And this is what, this is who he naturally is. This is who he's supposed to be. It's not some type of sophisticated reason why he's serving Hashem, but this is just exactly uh, who he is. And there's nothing else. That. Why does a Pashti Yid say to him? Because this is what you're supposed to do, say to him. You start asking him reasons. He might not know a reason. You just know that this is, this is who he is and this is what he's supposed to do. So that's in a sense, Evid Pashit. So when the Yidin decided, they made the decision to become Hashem's Evid Pashit, that was Mitzad, their own free choice. Because again, an Evid doesn't want to give up who he is. But an Evid Pashit nonetheless decides that's what he's going to do. And when he just makes that decision, um, that comes from Bechir Chavshim, which is higher than every aspect of his personality. Therefore, how can a person become an Evid Pashit? But Pashit, you think a person is always going to be selfish and everything's always ultimately about himself. But Hashem put within us this capability, this Bechir Chavshah, that we can totally negate our entire seer and become an Evid Pasha to Him and com- completely nizbatl and our whole life is only to do what Hashem wants. Okay. Siv Zayn. So, now we can understand the difference between the Gula of, uh, from Gaulus Mitzrayim that those who did not want to be redeemed were not redeemed. As we said earlier, because the reason why they were not redeemed is because they went against the revelation of their connection, that Hashem was their father and we were his child. Then, um, and, and therefore, since they went against it, they weren't able to be revealed. In, in Contego, the prosecutor cannot also become the defendant, the defender. He says, even though we say every yid will be revealed, even those who don't want to be redeemed. Why? Because we said earlier, because a person has a neichi Hashem lekach within him. But lachayr, a person could also go against that revelation that he had. So he can go against that revelation of a neichi Hashem lekach, and he also won't be redeemed. What's the difference? So he says that the explanation is azay. He says this connection that the yidden and Hashem has because we are children. That's part of our nature. Therefore, a yid who is in Mitzrayim was able to go against this natural, essential connection that you have with Hashem because you have Bechir Chashas, Bechir Chashas, 
is higher than any type of nature. Because this Bechir Chavshis comes from the essence of a person, which is higher than his Gedarim of Teva. Therefore, it didn't help the connection that they had to take that out of Mitzrayim, because the Yid decided not, he didn't want to leave, he had that capability. He says, but after Hashem chose B'nai Yisrael, that this connection is because of Bechira, meaning because of Hashem's essence, this also was pill on the B'nai Yisrael, that their connection to, the, to Hashem will come because of their essence. Therefore, their whole essence and mitzias is connected to Hashem. He says it's understood now. Since the essence of the Yid made a decision, it's impossible for you to go against that connection. Meaning is any, since that's the essence of who you are, Therefore, any decision that you'd make to go against it is really chatzainis, it's something which is external. Your essence always, once we made that decision to become, Hashem made the decision, and therefore we also had the capability to make, make the decision that we will be the slaves to Hashem, to be his servants, this um, connection is higher than anything in this world. It's higher than our personalities, it's infinite, it's bligvul, it's, it's above everything. And as we said also, the ruts and the desires, everything that comes because of this bichira is also higher and infinite. Uh, than anything in this world. So you can't go against it. Because the person's essence chose Elokos. And this, that you don't want to go to, from Golas, that's the opposite of your true, your, your true choice. Um, Therefore, at the end of the day, it will be revealed his free, his Bechira Atmos, his real choice. Therefore, ultimately, that Bechira Atzmas will be revealed, and you'll choose Hashem, and therefore every single Yid will go out of Golis. Meaning, even, we're saying is the most inner choice that the person has made, and his most inner desire, and his most inner pleasure, is that we and Hashem are one, and we chose Hashem. This that we have the capability, nowadays, to go against that, ultimately, that's not our, our, our most inner essence of who we are. That's something which is chutzainis, something which is external. So therefore, like anything else which is created, something which is created ultimately will perish. A created being, by its very nature, is limited. So even a desire that you have, I, I don't want to be connected to Hashem, I don't want to have a neichishem lekacha. So this desire that we have, this choice that we're making, ultimately is something which is based on who we are, and our personalities, on our Yitzhahara, on Nefesh Bahamas. All these things that are causing that decision is something which is limited. So once that, you know, that, that decision, the, the decision which is based on a limit comes to its end, it's nisbatalit, it's removed. So since everything that's going against it, of course, is limited, therefore eventually, soif kol soif, all that will become nisbatal. And then the only thing which will remain is something which is truly infinite, which is truly higher than above all natures, which is the essence of, a, a, essence of the neshama. Therefore, just like Hashem will always be around, whether this world is here or not, the world becomes Nizbata, the world, everything, every, this world is, is, is created, it's limited, and won't be around forever, for forever because it's limited. 
But Hashem, who's the Mechuyiv Metzias, He's something which is unlimited. He is the um, essence of that which is infinite. And therefore He is forever. That is the definition of Hashem, is that He is eternal. So therefore also the Neshama, which is eternal, also have that, has that power. And eventually that thing, which is truly eternal, will be revealed within the Yid. And therefore every single Yid will eventually do Tshuva and become connected to Hashem and we'll all have a Gula Mitzvah Shleimah quickly in our days.